I want to introduce some very special friends of ours today that are just um, an incredible gift from the Lord. Uh, I met, Karen and I both did, we actually met Pastors Rick and Kathy Shimatero literally over 20 years ago. I think it's like 22 years ago when I first met you. And then uh, since then, uh, Karen's met you. And uh, Pastor Rick uh, was just telling me in the back, I knew that he and Pastor Kathy were overseeing a network of churches of about 400 and something churches but he just told me in the back that there was two different networks that were going on and they have just merged into one network and and now he's the pastor and the president over 900 churches 900 churches did I say that right pastor it was about over 900 All ministries and churches, so, so it's not all churches, probably about 700 of them are churches, so <laughs> it's more than two, let me put it that way, so, but anyway, th these guys, they actually serve more of, a, of, a, of an apostolic role to these pastors and leaders and ministers and churches, and just an incredible gift to the body of Christ, they brought some friends with them all the way from Brampton, Ontario, Pastor Randy and Pastor Jill, these guys are from Brampton, they're pastors there in Brampton, Ontario. So good to meet you guys and have you. Y'all know now, since you've been to Clouston, you qualify for heaven. Now that's, everything else was secondary, but now you get to make the first load. So we just welcome you today. But uh, Pastor Rick and Pastor Kathy, they've just been tremendous friends, and not only just friends to Karen and I, but they've been a voice in our life. And they're, they're, they're a ministry of integrity. And they, they walk with an integrity and character and just a strong anointing and literally travel all over the world. Probably could be anywhere in the world that they wanted to be today. But there's something about Sugartown. Something about the glades that just attracts all these incredible gifts. These, these apostles that, that are just shaking nations. Churches that are just driving the kingdom of God forward in the midst of all the craziness. And these guys are leaders over that. And it, it is an honor. It is a privilege for us to have him here today. They're only going to be here just this morning. Then they're going to get back on the road. But I want you to help me give them a great big New Harvest Church welcome as they come and bring some word of the Lord today. Come on, Pastors Rick and Kathy Shimatero. it's really good to be back here with you. We love this church. We've been coming here for quite a few years now. I think the very first time Bishop uh, Tony was still here. And um, so we've been here all through the, uh, since you've taken over. And uh, we're so grateful. And that was awesome worship. Where to go? Um, Porter went somewhere. But anyway, uh, awesome worship this morning. We really, really, really enjoyed it. And while we were worshiping, though, I, I felt like a couple things came to me. And I just want to share them really briefly, and then I'll let my husband take over. But I, uh, the first thing was I felt like there was somebody here, and I don't, I don't know who, but they're in a deep place of grief, and they're just stuck. And um, they've just been really, really struggling, and maybe you might want to come and see me after the service, and I'll pray with you. But I just feel like God's going to lift that off of you, that, that there's a breakthrough for you, and I believe that breakthrough is coming today. And um, the other thing is, while we were worshiping, I just, I felt like the Lord was showing me, and this is for Pastor Chuck and Karen, that 
you guys have just been plowing and plowing and plowing. And God says breakthrough is coming. And there's an increase coming to this church very soon. There's an increase even coming to the city of Clewiston. And, and there's, there's something going to happen in the near future that there's going to be just an exponential growth happening in this place. And I just believe your faithfulness. And you feel like you've been in an oil press. And that oil that's coming out of you is that pure oil. And because of your faithfulness and because of your commitment, uh, you're going to see that breakthrough coming. And you're going to see a, a big increase coming in the days ahead. Amen. And so I'm going to leave that with you. And uh, just thank you for having us. We're really blessed. And Pastor Rick's got an awesome word. And we've been through a lot in the last few years, too. I know a lot of people have. Um, but God's faithful. Amen. And he's bringing us through. So God bless you. We love you. And we will uh, get to fellowship with some of you after. God bless. Well, good morning, New Harvest. Are we ready for God's word today? Yeah. Pastors Chuck and Karen, we appreciate you, your family, seeing them all track. Seven-time grandparents now. Got a little ways to go. We got 16, but a little ways to go. Ours are all done, but yours are still going. So we're, we're honored to be back with you in Clewiston. We, we love it down here in the south. I mean, what was it, minus 26 when we left Canada? So it's very nice. It's very nice. If this is a cold front, I'd hate to see a heat wave. Okay. Very happy. I just finished a, a new book, and I do have it with me. It actually came out in November, and it's called The Secret Heroine of the Bible. And it's about Job's wife. Come on. Does anybody, can anybody say Job's wife is a heroine? Rick Cimitero can, and I wrote a book on it. And in our life, and I'm going to be tying this in a little bit today, I might even speak a little bit about her. In our lives, we all say things at times. I shouldn't say we all, the majority of us say things at times that we wish we didn't. And how many know she said something in the Bible? Uh, but when you get the background of why she said what she had said, then you can understand why she said it. Okay, let me just give you this, okay? Job, why don't you just curse God and die? End your life, you know, just curse God and die. But why did she say that? Well, if you understand what Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be his name. Truly stated, he did say that, but not a statement of truth. Are you with me? So, so here's the thing. She had 10 children. Now, I've talked to many women over the years in pastoring and precious lives that, that lost a baby, had a miscarriage, uh, had a premature death, so many, uh, so many painful, painful things. But she lost 10 kids in one shot. And then she lost her entire livelihood. Her whole businesses were all wiped out in one shot. Come on. And then the last straw that she had was hanging on to her husband, and now he's got boils from the crown on his head to the soles of his feet, all right? But let me just tell you, she became a hero because of what I'm going to share today. She didn't stay down. She got back up again, and she got restored. Listen, you, they had the tent of meeting, and if you don't know what the tent of meeting is, just look it up on Wikipedia. She had the tent of meeting, and they had 10 more kids, okay? That was the only thing they didn't have the double for. Everything else was restored back 
double, but not the children. And I believe that was her choice. Come on. Okay. Because God would have given her 20 more kids. They had 10, and they lost them. But I think she said, after 10, I think I'm back. I think I'm okay there. So that book is available. Uh, if you know anybody discouraged, my friend John uh, from Burlington actually got the book and he ordered a whole case of them, went to give them to everybody. It's over 100 in a case just to bless people that need restoration and that need help. And I think that's all of us. Amen? So are you all ready for God's word today? Yeah. You know, as I travel, and as I travel around Canada, as I go to different places, not so much around the world right now, basically it's been North America for the last few years since everything shut down. Kathy and I were in Singapore uh, on one of the last trips when COVID broke out, and then that would just kind of shut everything down for us in there. But people are asking us, where are we at in the world? Where, where are we at in the time frame of history? A lot of the signposts that the Son of God had brought forth are all pointing to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and to the day of the Lord. The Bible speaks in first, in second Peter chapter three, the apostle Peter, who was one of the inner circle of Jesus's court, he said, we are looking, he says, he says, but, uh, remember this one thing, that the day of the Lord is going to come. Come on. And then he says this here. He says, remember this one thing, that a day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as is one day. So, you know, we've heard preachers say this, you know, the, as far as God's concerned, how many know he's only been gone a weekend? It's only been a couple days. Because his time, and the, the way that we know time and the way that God knows time is totally different. And so for us understanding the times and understanding the seasons that we are in will prophetically position us for what it is that God wants us to accomplish. Now, I believe this year when the Son of God kicked in and in 2,000 years ago, and I'm just going to break this down and give you a quick review of Isaiah chapter 52. We can go through the entire book, but a lot of that was already fulfilled in the Babylonian captivity. But we're going to go from when the Son of God was here. In Isaiah 52, the Bible says that his beard was plucked out. Come on. Literally, they ripped his beard off his face. And we know that was prophetic to the picture of the Son of God, that he was beaten beyond recognition. I appreciate Mel Gibson in the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and what they did. But the only thing, you could still identify him as a man. The scriptures actually said he was whipped, he was beaten so bad that you couldn't even, uh, you couldn't even identify him as a human being. And so when Jesus, his beard was ripped out, he actually got us back our identity. What is our identity today? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Amen. So when his beard was ripped out, he got that back for us, our identity and our standing with God. When they pierced his feet, he got our peace back with God. When they pierced his side, blood and water came out the side, which was the birthing of the manifestation of the sons of God in the earth. When they put the crown on his head, he got the kingdom anointing back to you and I today. Come on. When they put the stripes upon his back, and by those stripes we are healed. Interesting, seven is the number. Seven times he shed his external blood, and seven is the number of divine completeness. But interesting enough, there was a bruising that took place. And bruising is not external shedding of blood, but it's internal. 
And the bruises is for the healing. The bruises is for the inward wounds that you go through and that I go through. A betrayal, wounds of rejection, scars that hit our lives. How many know bad things can happen to good people? Not God sending them, but because we live in a fallen world. But he didn't stay in Isaiah 52. He went to Isaiah 53. And it speaks about what the Messiah did for us. To whom is the arm of the Lord, the strength of the great I am revealed. And he goes on in that. And then in Isaiah 54, listen, he said, stretch forth the tent pegs. He said, don't stay where you're at now. Don't just stay over in this position about the healing. Now that you are healed, now that you are restored, stretch forth, arise, advance. It's not a time to let down. It's not a time to be depressed. It's not a time to be oppressed. It's not a time to be overwhelmed. It's not a time to be miserable. It's not a time to be sad. God has got your back, and God has got a plan, and God is right on course, and things are going right on time. So Isaiah 54 says, now listen carefully. He says, I will make a covenant of peace with them. God made 2,000 years ago a covenant of peace with every one of us in this here room today that knows the Lord. But what's interesting about this here covenant of peace is Peter picked up on that. And he said this here, he he spoke about in in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, he says, when I return, he says, will that find peace in my people in the earth when I return? Jesus actually quoted that. He got it from Jesus and Jesus said, when I return, will I find peace in the earth? And Peter says, will I find peace amongst you? So he said one of the most important things is to find the peace. I don't know about you, but there's been more poles, there's been more snares, there's been more tugs to get out of peace this last year and a half, two years than any other time in my 40 some years of ministry. I've never, never seen anything like it that, that we're living in a time frame where peace is so huge today. Well, he spoke about that, that there's a covenant of peace. And until we hang on to that covenant, everything else is going to come to try to pull us away. 55 says, listen, it's an invitation now when that peace is ruling and reign. It's an invitation now to the abundant life. God didn't ask us just to live a nominal life or a normal life or an average life. He wants us to live an abundant life. And listen, when we speak of abundance, it's not physical, just physical possessions. I believe when we put his kingdom first, all the other things are added unto us. Come on, church. But it's speaking about a place in my life and a place in your life where our needs are met that we can be a blessing to someone else and live an abundant life. Amen? Kathy and I this week were very honored to have our friends Randy and Jill with us. We, we, were, we were given a huge house. I mean, Randy gets over 2,000 steps just going up and down the hallways a couple times. Okay? On our Fitbits out there. It's just, it's just a huge place with the pool and everything that's inside of it. And it's ours for three weeks down here in Florida in February. Can, can you say amen? Okay. So, so anyway, the next one is in Isaiah 56. After 55 comes 56. And 56 is amazing because it's an invitation now 
to the Gentiles. We saw the beginning of that, that the apostle Peter to the Jews, and we saw Paul to the Gentiles. We can develop all that there. But that was the invitation. That's when it all started. So that's where it was in that time of history. And then 57 speaks of healing for the backsliders who repent, not just Israel, but believers now that have come in of the restoration that God wants to do. And then you go to the next chapter, which is really amazing, is 58. Now, I've been around in this here now for 46 years, and I can say this here, I have never seen in Canada, and from what I'm understanding in the USA, people praying and crying out to God like they are today. I ha- I've never seen more fasting and more prayer that has gone on, more intercession that's gone on, more crying out to God. And listen, this, is, th- th- this isn't something that we're taking lightly in this time frame. Of, this is something that God hears. God sees the weeping. God sees the tears. God sees the pain. God sees the, the stuff that's going on in our world around us. Come on. Never seen anything like it. But then, listen carefully. He goes into 59, okay? And you want to know what 59 is? How many want to hear what 59 is? Okay, I'll take a minute on this here and just give you, I can break every one of these chapters down, but I want to just give you something in 59 to show you what's happening that I believe is the fulfillment of a culture, the fulfillment of a society, the fulfillment of a nation that is in desperate need for God. This is what's going on. The society that Isaiah prophesied, and you can find all this in 59, it was filthy with sins, it was filthy with murders, it was full of lies, corruption was everywhere, no one cares about being fair, no one cares about being honest, the people have lawsuits that were based upon lies, they conceive evil deeds and they give birth to sin. They hatch deadly snakes, spiders' webs, and they even hatch a viper, okay? Nothing they do is productive. All violence, and violence is their trademark. Their activity is filled with sin. Their feet run to do evil. They rush to commit murder. They think only about sinning. Misery and destruction always follow them. They have mapped out crooked roots, uh, roads, and injustice is everywhere. Darkness is abounding. Gloom is there. They're blinded to the truth. Truth is gone. Rebellion is everywhere. Many have turned their backs on God. They've been unfair. They've been oppressed. And we know nothing about righteous living, carefully planning our deceitful lies. Our courts oppose the righteous. Justice is nowhere to be found. Honesty has been outlawed, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. And the Lord was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I can say all these characteristics are happening in Canada right now. Where you have police officers, you have parents, you have grandparents, you have normal people that care about their families and care about their freedoms and care about their futures that are now marked as terrorists. They're now marked as haters. They're now marked as evil. Come on. And, and all these things. And this isn't secondhand. This is going on. You can, your news is even picking up some of the stuff that's going on. So Isaiah, listen very carefully, 59 describes what that culture was describes what the society would be like. 
describes it. And isn't it amazing? I'm going to come back to 60. Everybody says he's going to come back. I'm going to come back to 60, but I want to go to 61 for a moment, okay? And 61, listen, just, just listen for one moment here. It says this here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on. So what happened? The Spirit of the Lord came on Jesus. And how many know that Jesus, I'm not going to develop this today. There was the early rains and the latter rains. And how many know what he fulfilled was of the early rains? How many know the latter rains is what you and I are going to fulfill? And that's another whole message. But listen over here. Listen carefully. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's coming over here now to, for the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they could be called the trees of wrath. Now, we can develop that there. I left out the first part because you're all familiar with that there. But hang on. In 62, listen to what it says. It's a call to the watchmen that are on the walls. The watchmen were the intercessors. The watchmen were the men and women of God that were on the walls to protect from the intruders, to protect from the enemies, to blow the trumpet of dangers that was to come, and to basically forecast. We can see the prophets today are speaking. The prophets today are decreeing to the men and women of God, guard your peace. Guard your marriages. Guard your homes. Guard your churches. Guard your flock. There's a message today about guarding one another. Come on. And then he goes on. Hang on. That's Isaiah chapter 62. Isaiah 63. Listen. Is the judgments of God and salvation going on at the same time? Now, folks, if we don't understand this time frame of history... We will focus more on what the judgments are happening than we will about what God is doing today. Notice I said the judgments of God are falling. Come on. And we're seeing that all around the earth. We're seeing it in places that we've never seen these type of things that are going on. But at the same time, the greatest harvest in history is coming in. Are you there? So let me ask a question. New Harvest, what is our focus today? Is it on the judgments that are falling or is it on the new heavens and the new earth? Is it on what God is doing in the harvest today? See, folks, I, I, I'm not going to be the eschatological teacher here today. But my Bible says that I saw a great multitude out of every nation, every kindred, every ethnoscope and tongue standing before the throne of grace. These are those that have the mark of God upon their heads. What's the mark of God? The Bible said seal them. The Bible said protect them. The Bible says hedge them in on every side. The oil, which is the new birth that God has brought to us, and the wine. Why would God say that? That was not speaking of agriculture. That was not speaking, listen very carefully, of crops. It was not speaking symbolically. It was speaking of the oil and the wine, the church that's filled with the Spirit. Are you with me right now? And then he goes on. Hang on, just so you know. He goes on into 65, after the judgments and after the salvation, the multitudes are brought in. Then he goes on and he points to the new heavens and the new earth. Are you there? How far along are we today? I believe we're right where God wants us to be. But I believe also the judgments 
and the salvation of God are the precursors and the signpost to what the coming of the Lord is, the new heavens and the new earth. Do you know that Peter, the Bible says in his epistle, the inner circle, he said, we look forward to the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You go to 66, you can check it out. And if you don't believe in hell, just read chapter 66. If you don't believe, listen very carefully. In heaven, read chapter 66 because you're going to see the vindication of God. You're going to see his reward is with him. You're going to see payday comes and God is going to vindicate his people. Are you all there? So where I want to focus in today is right over there in Isaiah 60 right now. Are you all there? Why do I want to say Isaiah 60? Because I believe it's a prophetic picture to the church when that society that we saw has already collapsed, where the society has no more truth, has no more love, has nothing but lies. You know, I, I don't know about you, but in Canada, I can't trust what our government says. I can't trust what our news says. I can't trust what even, listen very carefully, many of the men and women of God are saying. Okay, I, I, just, I just can't trust it because they're looking more about getting out of here than they're about occupying and taking territory and advancing and building the kingdom of God in spite of the challenges, in spite of the difficulties that are there. And so the bottom line of everything is the trust needs to come back to the one, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? So this is where I want to start. This. Is that okay? This is where I want to start. So Isaiah the prophet he said right between 59 and right between 61, which was the anointing and the outpouring. He said this here. He said, arise, shine. The word arise means to come up from the place of kneeling, to come up from the place of lying down, to come up from the place of letting down, to come up from the place of idleness, to come up from that place. Arise and shine. Now here, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord, come on, is risen upon you. That couldn't even happen under the Old Testament, except for the prophet, the priest, and the king. But he says, and the glory of the Lord is risen. In other words, it's already resident on the inside of us. It's risen upon you. Come on. Now, when Jesus said in John 17, 25, he said, the glory which I have I have given to them. Jesus is not holding back the glory. The glory is already deposited inside of us. Come on. Why did I emphasize those chapters of Isaiah before the covenant of peace? Because the glory is released where there is unity. The glory cannot be released where there's no peace. Where there's no peace, there's no power. Where there's no peace, there's no provision. Where there's no peace, there's no miracles. Where there's no peace, there's no anointing. Come on. Where there's no peace, there's no prophetic edge. Where there's no peace, the apostolic is hindered. Where there is no peace, you will not see advancement. You will not see breakthrough that goes. But in the flip side, where there is peace, there is power. Where there is peace, there is provision. Where there is peace, there is breakthrough. Where there is peace, there is advancement. Are you there? So this is what he said. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord now is risen from the inside upon you. He says, for darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But he says, but then, then there's 3,978 thens. If you look up the word then, it means immediately afterwards. Immediately after what? 
when darkness covers the earth and gross darkness to people, my glory shall be seen upon you. In other words, the manifestation of the glory is here. It's not coming, folks. Don't pray for revival. Revival is here. Stir up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Don't look for something to come that's already been deposited on the inside of you. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. It's not a harlot church. It's not a church without spot. It's a church without spot. It's a church without wrinkle. That's been his plan from the very beginning, and it's not going to alter it, and it's not going to be changed because what's going on? Now, are you all there? Now I'm ready to start. So what I have learned, especially in this year season, is the greatest miracles that God has ever brought out, they came after the greatest hardships. I'll say it again, the greatest miracle. Now, we can go over in Matthew chapter 14. You can write this down for a reference. In verse 14 to 20, you'll see something out there that's brought out in Matthew chapter 14. It's brought out in Luke chapter 9. It's brought out in Mark chapter 6. But it's also brought out in John chapter 6. The same story, and we all know that story about the loaves and the fishes. Come on. There are five loaves, two fishes. Jesus used it to feed 5,000 men. If they didn't have the birth control that we have today, there's a good chance to be 25, 30,000 people there. Come on, that's the reality of it. But here, listen, listen, listen very carefully. The prophet saw into this time frame of history. The believers that know the word of God can see into this time of history. We can see everything that the enemy is doing. We can see the lawlessness that God said without law, without restraint. Believers don't even know what's right or wrong anymore. 51%, I read in one of your articles from one of your scholars here that does your research, 51% of people don't even believe that living together is wrong anymore for believers. Okay, I mean, how can you, how can you believe that? And, 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 and you can't see it in the word of God. But how many know we twist and we turn the scriptures to the way that we want them to be. So this is what I've learned. Is so, so when I, in, in Matthew, so we see, listen very carefully, the giving. We see the forgiving. And we see the thanksgiving. And I know that I've shared this before, but listen carefully. We see the same story exactly brought out in all four gospels. Why is it that that was of such importance to Jesus? Why is it? Because to give, to forgive, and to bring thanksgiving is basically a habit that he wants for. When God teaches something by repetition in the scripture, it's so a behavior, it's so a, a habitual practice can now come into our life. So he will tell you it over and over and over. Do you know one of the verses that he says the most, that believers practice the least, is 365 times he says to fear not. And yet believers are full of anxiety and fear today. He said 17 specific references to love your neighbor. Come on. Love one another. He didn't say it once, twice, ten times. He said 17 times to love one another. So over here in the gospel, Matthew says it. Mark says it. Luke says it. And John, they all say the exact same thing. Now here's the point that I want to bring. And if you're, getting in, if you're taking notes, write this down. Before the miracles happen, the hits come first. Okay, I'm going to say that again. 
before the miracles happen, the hits come first. Come on. Before Job ever received the double portion of his flocks, of his cattle, of his goats, before he ever received anything, it came the hits from his three closest friends. And when he prayed for them, God restored him and gave him the double. So the hit came first. We know about the great apostle Peter. We've been quoting from his book today. Isn't it amazing? The greatest personal defeat Peter ever had preceded, listen very carefully, the healing of the sick by his shadow coming down the street. Are you with me right now? So what is that saying to New Harvest Church today? What is that saying to all of us here? This season, I've never seen hits like have come at this last season. I've never seen things, and they're like a machine gun. It's like you get through one, and then another one hits. And you get through that one, and another one hits. And you get through that one, another one. You see believers that are getting out of their love walk and getting out of peace over a vax or a jab or whatever you call it. Okay, and I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to even go there. But my Bible actually tells me that if somebody is struggling with that, read Romans chapter 14 in the Message Bible, we're to celebrate one another. Come on. If we see things differently, we're not to attack one another. We're not to criticize one another. We're not to judge one another. And we're not to go on to social media and put it online to one another. Come on. Because once it's out there, you can't take it back. Okay, whether right or wrong. And, and again, the Bible tells And then he says, and be gently one with another. The church world has done just the opposite. And then we're expecting different results today. But if there's no peace, remember, there's no power. There's no provision. There's lack. There's shortage. And there's many other challenges. Come on. Jesus said, when you go into a house, say to that house, peace. And if the peace is there and it remains, he said, go in there, cast out the devils, heal the sick. Come on. Preach the kingdom. But he said, if the peace is not in that house, get out of it. Shake the dust off your feet. Why? Because the strife was there. And then move on to the next place. Now, what I've recognized, listen, before the apostle Paul was known as Saul of Tarsus, how did he become Paul? How did he become? Well, if you recall, he was the one that consented to the first martyr of the church. And the first martyr of the church, he brought something out. And he says, forgive them, forgive them. Come on. Jesus' last words were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Isn't it amazing the miracle that we see of the transformation of the loaves and fishes, four times in four different writers, all saying exactly the same thing. Isn't it amazing the context of all four? Context is the beheading of John the Baptist. Read it. You can read it yourself. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, 10. Read it. You'll see it all. And all the references are there in Mark and Luke. John doesn't specifically say it, but it does say in John chapter 13 before he went into, uh, John chapter 3, before he went into prison. So John, once he went into prison, he never came out of prison. Okay. He was done. It was all over. Once he went in is when Herodias set him up and he died. So isn't it amazing the first thing that the Son of God did after he heard that report is he went to be alone. He went to be alone. 
Because it said they shared with John's disciples. John's disciples came and they took the body of John. And then what happened? They came and they told Jesus and his disciples all heard about it. So listen carefully. How many know that was a test to get bitter? That was a test to get unforgiving. That was a test to be resentful to the disciples. That was a test to the Son of God. But you know what the Son of God did with that test? He turned it in to a testimony. And the first thing he did was he got before his father alone. And he came back and he healed the sick. It wasn't sent. To t- it was sent by the enemy to take him out. But God sent it to turn things around. Listen, what I've learned in these 46 years is the greater the heat... The greater the pressure, the greater the storms that hit my life, there's something on the other side that I can't see at the time. But the greater the hits and the greater the pain and the greater the weeping and the greater, if you want to call it, seemingly defeat on the other side is the greatest miracles. Who would have believed that the apostle Peter they would literally bring bodies on stretchers into the streets to have him heal the sick. Who would have believed that? Okay, after the personal defeat that he suffered when he denied Jesus three times. But on the other side was great gain. On the other side was great victory. It's amazing when you look at the life of Joseph. And I've, I've recorded now seven times where Joseph actually wept. And isn't it amazing when he was sold by his brothers, it does not record one place where he wept. When he was bought into slave market, it does not record one place where he wept. When he got into, listen very carefully, into Potiphar's house and she set him up and he ran out of there, it doesn't record one place where he wept. When he was in the enterprise in the prison under the prison guard, it doesn't record one place where he wept. But what it does record, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Come on. And that tells me something. When bad things are happening to us, there's something behind the scenes that we can't always see at that very moment. But that's why we take the prophetic that God has already spoken even from years ago. And I'm hearing that there's people that have let down and warring with the prophetic. The words that were decreed are still alive. There's still spirit. They're still living. Tony might be gone, but his words will still continue to live on and breathe on in the generations to come. What I've learned over here, and this is so important, that Joseph never wept when the butler and baker and he read their mail and the one was restored and the other died. Never wept. They forgot about him for two more years. He never wept. So from 17 to 30 years of age, from the pit to the palace was 13 years. Seven more years of good years, and then two years into the bad years is when his brothers came, and the prophetic word was fulfilled. Which tells me if you tie it in, it was 22 years in the making for that prophetic word to come to pass. 22 years. I think a lot of believers can't wait 22 hours. We can't wait 22 days. We get impatient, and we want to fulfill the word of God. Is anybody getting anything? But it tells us that when Joseph came and he saw his brothers, understand now, he's the number two man 
in the entire land. Nobody else is higher than Joseph in the entire land. Is that not right? And what about it? When not, now that he's there, his brothers come down and they bow before him. And guess what? They don't even know that's their brother because he's speaking fluid uh, uh, Egyptian language. And as last they remember their brother is he was sold as a slave somewhere. And now here's the number two man. So the last person they ever thought. But if you recall, he heard what their brothers were saying in their own known tongue. This is happening to us because of what we did to Joseph. And the Bible says that pain was so real to him that pain and weeping was so real that he had to literally get out of the room. Okay, and you'll see seven times when he saw his brother Benjamin, when he saw his brothers, when that happened, when he saw his father, when his father died, and afterwards when his brothers came and said, he's just going to take revenge now that daddy is dead. There's seven times that Joseph had wept, and every one of them was with a family member and a family relationship. That tells me that the greatest pain that can actually hit a member, the greatest pain that can hit our hearts, the greatest pain is when it happens amongst the brethren, is when it happens to the family, and it happens to the household of faith. Are you all with me? So why am I, why am I bringing all this here out? Because if you look at every one of the heroes and the heroines of the Bible, they always went through dark seasons first, every one of them. Everyone, you can look at Noah, you can look at Sarah. They tried to fulfill the prophetic word that God had given them out of your own loins. It's going to come the promised Messiah. And they caused the whole problem in the Middle East that we live with today. Okay? You can look at Elisha. When Elisha, uh, what, what happened? He was, actually, he was actually taking care of 12 yoke of oxen. Okay? Didn't say 11, didn't say 13, but it did say 12. Because 12 was the number of apostolic rule. 12 was the number of the governmental authority that was in. And there was a governmental anointing on Elijah that he wanted the double portion of. But he had to go through the loss of his loved one, of Elijah being caught up first and then left before the double portion ever hit him. And I believe there's seasons inside of our lives where we feel isolated. There's seasons inside of our lives that we feel rejected. There's seasons inside of our life that we feel that God has forgotten about it. But God hasn't forgotten. God's been zeroing in on you all the way through. What I've learned about is troubles inside of life. They help us to get our focus right. They help us to focus in. It's like it's unclear, but when troubles actually hit our life, they help us to get our focus back in life. Difficulties help us to re receive, uh, me, to release the idols inside of our lives. Isn't it amazing to the New Testament church? And we don't hear a lot preached about this here. In first chapter five, John chapter five twenty one, it said, "Little children, keep yourself from idols." And literally the word idols means idolatry there means from anything that would occupy the place due to God inside of our hearts. And sometimes the restlessness, sometimes the challenges, sometimes the troubles gets our attention to what is most important in life. And I can tell you what's most important is our walk with God above everything else. And if anything has impeded upon that, then guess what? The troubles will come your way to try to get that out of your life so that everything else can come into your life. I've learned this here that when John was betrayed, when John was sold out,
by Herodias, when that thing happened out there, it actually caused all the disciples that he had, and it caused all the disciples of Jesus that he had to focus on what was the most important thing. And Jesus gave us that example, not to focus on the death of what happened to John the Baptist, not to focus on the brutality, not to focus on the injustice, not to focus on the, cruel, the cruelty of what had happened, but to focus on, here's the multitudes now, let's heal the sick, let's deliver the captives. Are you all there? Now, I, I don't know if you know this, that when the, the miracle of the five loaves and the two fishes took place, the number five is very symbolic in the Word of God, 318 references of it. And I believe that number five actually speaks of the grace of God. How many know there's a grace of God when you're knocked down to get back up again? How many know there's a grace of God when you struck out to get back in the race again and fight? How many know, listen, knocked down but not knocked out? That's what Peter said. That's what Paul said. And I say all that there because, listen, the grace is given, but then there's the mercy that's given is also in the number five. Isn't it amazing that not just the mercy of God, but the divine favor is also one of the definitions from the number of five. So you have grace and you have mercy and you have the divine favor of God all working and all brought together. But isn't it amazing? You and I are the temple of God. And there was five sockets. There was five cubics high and five cubics wide. All, not just by chance, but all by the mercy, the grace, and the favor of God. But here's the other thing. There was five elements to the anointing oil. There was the hin. And many of you know what the hin of olive oil was. But then just the olive oil wasn't enough. It had to have, listen, the columnist that was inside there. It had to have the cinnamon that was inside there. And if you look at, there was five elements in the anointing oil. But listen, that anointing oil came forth when the pressure was on to break it at the very beginning. To break all the elements. And this is what God's been doing in his church. He's been breaking self-will. He's been breaking self-independence. He's been breaking selfishness. He's been breaking men and women of God all over the church world. Now, why? So his holy anointing oil can now flow in and through us as the tabernacle of God. I look all the way through and I look at the number five. And then it's coupled with two. And five and two speaks of unity. Two speaks of the two witnesses. Two speaks out of the mouth of every, uh, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Isn't it amazing that when you see five and two come together, then you have the number seven. Okay, why am I saying all this? Because after the severest wounding, after the most brutal woundings that hit our soul, comes the glorious resurrection. When Jesus went through everything he went through, how many know there was another side of that whole story, the resurrection? After, listen very carefully, the heroes of faith, after they got hit, Noah, after he got mocked, after he got ridiculed, how many know payday came and it wasn't too late for him, but it was too late for the others? Are you there? So I'm saying all that there is the contradictions that hit our lives. When we are believing God for something, the contradictions are the confirmation that you are on track. The stirring up of hell's work against you is the confirmation. It's the confirming title deed. 
that you are on track. It's not that you're doing something wrong. When all hell breaks loose inside of your life, you have to ask yourself, why is all hell breaking loose at this time? What is it, God? Why is all hell? Because there's something that God has for your future. There's something that God has for your present. There's something that God has called breakthrough, but it's on the other side. I have a word for the church today, and I haven't talked to pastor about this, but this is a word that I have for the church, and it's in Psalm 84, and it's in verse number six. When they walk through, now listen carefully, walk through the valley of weeping. It didn't say they parked in the valley of weeping. It didn't say they stayed in the valley of weeping. It said they walked through the valley of weeping. And I've been sensing this here as, as Chuck, when Chuck told me about, uh, as soon as he had confirmed about coming into the church, I had this verse. I was doing a, a message. He said, you tell the church that there's been many mamas and many daddies that have been praying for their offspring, and they've been in the valley of weeping. And he said, there's been many that have been praying for a financial breakthrough. And there's been many that have been praying for even for wayward children that have been away. There's been many that have been praying for the supernatural to break out. But this is what God says. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. To all those in the house today that have been in that valley of weeping, and it just seems like it's not ending. It seems like it's continuing on. It seems like it's prolonged. It seems like, God, is this ever going to end? Are things ever going to change? Are things ever going to shift? And I have an answer, yes. The springs of refreshing are coming your way. This season, and I am decreeing over new harvest that this season has come to an end today. And you are now going to focus in on the seasons of refreshing that come from the throne of grace. You wonder why everything is happening in the world today. You wonder why. Doesn't the Bible tell us that Jesus, the Son of God, is held back, is kept back in heaven till there's a restoration of all things? It didn't say of some things. It's a restoration of all things. And if you look at the context of what he was mentioning, it was 50 days after the resurrection that all he talked about was things concerning the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. For 50 solid days, it didn't say any other doctrine, but the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God. And I wish I could go to Revelation chapter 7 and, and, and take you to the 12 tribes that are there that is a completely different order than the original 12 tribes. And every one of those tribes represent one of the uh, restoration of something that God's doing in the earth. Can you say amen? So I say all that there because I'm worn out. Listen what the Bible says. I'm worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. This is where the church has been, guys. This is the Isaiah 58 that we talked about. My vision is blurred because of grief. Kathy had a word I had no idea on that earlier. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. I want to state something about weeping. It may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. I want to state something about God. In these 46 years, 
I have learned something about God that is so significant for me that I stay the course to the truths of the Word of God no matter what I see, no matter what others say, no matter what other contradictions come my way, no matter what others might believe, no matter what others might prophesy, I stay true to the truths of what God has said. And those truths are foundational on the inside of me, okay? And then I take and I apply the blood. Kathy can tell you in our prayer time on a daily basis, I am 100% of the time always applying and speaking the blood. I'm speaking the blood over our marriage. I'm speaking the blood over our families. I'm speaking the blood over our church. I'm speaking the blood over our children. I'm speaking the blood of Jesus. Come on now. How many know the Bible says they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony? And there's a third one that we don't hear common today. And they love not their lives unto death. See, if you look at the anointing oil, you look at the calendar, you, you look at the mirror, which was the first element under the hen. The first element was the mirror, and the mirror meant burial ointment. What does that mean? Until we recognize that it's no longer us that lives, but Christ that lives in us, we're never going to walk in resurrection power and life. And I believe in this here time frame for me, Kath and I have went through the most difficult season that we have ever experienced in our lives. We have went through hits, and it's came on different levels and in different ways, and it's been the most challenging season that we've ever had in our life. But in spite of that, listen very carefully, we give to God, and it's not just finances. We give our time to God. We give our praise to God. We give our faith a daily fix. Come on now. We give the glory to God. No matter what comes our way, we give it to God. Can you say amen? And then the second thing I've recognized is I have to make a choice daily to forgive. I understand and have counted some days uh, uh, up to 489 times I've had to forgive. Because David's, come on now. This, we see Peter said, how many times I must forgive? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. Well, that's 490 times. I've been to 489. Okay? Just joking. Kinda. But here's the bottom line is God spoke to me on this here. He said, Rick... The forgiveness can't be from your head, Rick. It's got to be from your heart. And when the torment is still there, and I've been there, and when the bitterness is still there, and I've been there, and the hurt is still as real and as painful as the moment the event happened, I've been there. And I'm not proud to say it, okay? I'm not proud to say it, but Satan almost took me out last year because I took his hook, and I got bitter. Thank God the man on the front row came to me and said, you're bitter, Rick, and you need to deal with that. And that was a sobering word for my heart that I had to deal with it. I could justify it. I had all the rationale. I had all the reasoning, but I had to deal with it. And I said, God, daily, and I went on for weeks, God, purge my heart, cleanse my heart, get it out of my heart. This got a hook inside me, God, and I don't want it. I'm not proud to say it. But it shifted from my head to my heart. And I could say this here, it doesn't have the same sting that it had then. It doesn't have the same power that it had then. And I'm out. Can you all say amen? So the giving and the forgiving are not optional. Listen, they're, they're not a choice. They're not options. They're, they're habits that have to be formed in our life. And then the third one is Thanksgiving. 
The multiplication, the breakthrough never came. The loaves and fishes were never multiplied until gratitude was heard. And all four, give all four, they took what they had. No matter how insignificant the five loaves and the two fishes meant. No matter what little bit they had, he took it. And then what did he do? David, look at He took five stones and he took out Goliath with one little stone. The little cornmeal and the little oil survived that widow and her sons all the way through that famine. Come on. So it doesn't matter how little it might be. When Elisha, listen, what did he say? He said, go up to the mountain. He said, look at the top of the cliff and see. He said, there's no rain. There's no clouds. There's no clouds. He came back six times. said, there's no clouds. There's no clouds. But on the seventh time he went up, isn't it amazing? The five loaves and two fish, seven. On the seventh time he went up, he said, well, I saw the size of a man's hand out in the sky. And he said, run, run, run. The gusher is coming to New Harvest Church. Get ready. The gusher is coming. The hand is already in the sky. The breakthrough is already in your heart. The atmosphere is already there. Don't put it off till tomorrow, but praise your way through it. Thank your way through it. Instead of griping, instead of moaning, instead of complaining about what could have been, what should have been, and what would have been, start praising him for what you have today. Anybody getting anything? Last thing I want to share. Last thing I want to share. On the other side of the pain is great glory. On the other side of the breaking that hits your life is great advancement. And I believe that we are going to, as a church, arise and shine. This is our time. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And darkness shall cover the earth. Don't focus on the darkness. And gross darkness to people. It's on our politicians. It's on our leaders. Not all. We're not going to stereotype and put them all in there. But we can see things that are going on right now. I'm speaking of Canada right now. I don't know all the state's politics over here. But we can focus in on that darkness. But he said when we see it, the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. I believe next time we come back to New Harvest Church, I believe we're going to see people walking in the manifestation of the sons of God in the earth today. Kicking devil butt on every front. Destroying everything that hell could bring. Every methodology. Every ideology. Everything that goes contrary to the word of God. And advancing. And advancing. And advancing. And advancing. It's not a time for procrastination. It's not a time for wallowing. It's not a time for pity parties. It's not a time for oppressions to be there. It's not a time for depression. But it's a time, as the Bible says, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I want to close with this here. There was five offerings to God. There was the meal offering. There was the grain offering, the trespass offering, the sin offering. Come on now. And all those, the peace offering. And all those offerings were five offerings. But there's one more, and it's called the thank offering. 
offering and the thank offering sacrifice the atmosphere for every good thing. When the pain hits your life and a note of thanks can still come out, then you know that your breakthrough is there. When the shame comes your way and the depression and the hits come your way, then you know when that note of thanksgiving is still there. It might just be a trickle. It might be a trickle this morning, but it's going to break out into a gusher inside of your life. And when you hear that sound, it's a sound that hell cannot stop. Let's stand to our feet. Father, as we wind down today, I pray for a fresh infusion of the grace of God today. The grace that, that believe that this isn't how it's going to end. This isn't how it's going to stay. This isn't going to be the church of the firstborn in these last days. But it's going to be a church that's going to rise up. It's going to be a church that's going to kick devil butt. Father, we are pouring now with the prophetic word today of the weeping, Lord God. Of the valley of weeping. That we are not staying in that any longer but we're coming now to a place of refreshing streams inside of our marriages inside of our homes inside of our churches inside with our families inside of our communities we are going to be known as refreshing streams that people will come oppressed and they'll leave free that people will come depressed and they will leave lifted up father we decree over this house the breakthrough mantle of heaven to release every idol, to release every hindrance, to release all the trouble that the enemy has brought and giving us now, God, the double for all the trouble. Are you ready? Friends, listen to this. Just listen. Last thing, and I'm turning it over to Pastor Chuck. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Kathy and I got hit on every front. We've been down here less than two weeks. And the biggest breakthrough, Pastor Randy takes care of my finances and my books for the ministry, Rick for Can Ministries. While we were down here last week, the biggest gift that we've ever received personally to our ministry came in this week. It was a $100,000 personal gift to Rick for Can Ministries. We've never had that. We've never had anything like that. I'm going to tell you. It didn't come when I was bitter. Come on. It didn't come when I was feeling sorry for myself. But that's why I'm closing with that today. Not to brag. Not to be any of that there kind of stuff. But to say when I forgave. I made that decision. And I gave. In spite. And he can tell you the seeds that we sold out. And we gave God thanks. God brought in the biggest gift that we ever had even though we were cut off from everything we were never cut off from the supply of heaven all the way through and never missed a day God is faithful folks and no longer stay in that valley of weeping but you're in to your seasons of refreshing amen war with it believe it and you're going to see God work
Pastor Rick, what you don't know, um, even Pastor Kathy, when you released that word over us, that the last three weeks here on Tuesday nights for our prayer meetings, we've been praying for the last three weeks, God just brought it up in our hearts, and we've been praying for regional breakthrough. And you've used that word multiple times, and Pastor Kathy, you started out with that word. And what you also don't know, because you were just releasing stuff over this house, the last four weeks, we've been in a series that I've titled, God is Making Room for Us. And I know you don't know all those things. I, I know you don't follow me on Facebook and all that, so, you know, I know you don't, you don't I know you're not with me, you know, so. <laughs> and, and the theme of that for me has been level changers. We're level changers. And I felt like today from Isaiah chapter 50 to all the way to Isaiah chapter 66, I've got about another 100 messages. And, uh, but I felt, if any of you, many of you may not know Pastor Rick, but he, he is a machine gun when he preaches. I mean, maybe this is your first time, but, but there was so much truth and confirmation that was just being released into the atmosphere over this house and in our hearts. And what I'm trying to say to us as a church is that we really are living in a different day. It's a different day. And it's a day when the church is about to grab hold of its call, its mission, its assignment. And I believe the glory of God is about to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And I believe it's gonna happen right here in the Glades region. I believe there's breakthrough in families. Amen. I believe we're going to sing this song one time through, and I want you to sing with everything you got because I believe Jesus is going to be in the streets. Jesus is going to be in houses and homes. I believe breakthrough is coming over many people's lives. Come on, if that's a prophetic word for you today, just lift your hands while they sing it, and let's worship God together.
believe that, just put your hands together and give him a blessing today. Come on, bless the Lord. Let every hand bless the Lord. Let every mouth praise him today. Come on, if you believe him, give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In just a few moments, we're going to receive an offering from Pastor Sharif and Pastor Kathy. And Pastor Kathy gave a word for people to be prayed for. If that was you, or maybe several of you, while you're bringing your offering, however you want to do that, you can just come up here. They're going to be up here to bring ministry to you today. We want to release whatever you're feeling or going through today. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is here to touch you. Amen. Also, I want to pray. Uh, we got a, Karen, I got a text this morning uh, from Commissioner uh, Raymond Iglesias, uh, the, the, the Roland Martin Marina there, the uh, we had a fishing tournament, a youth fishing tournament. There was a boat accident, uh, hit something in the water, and the, I think the father was ejected. The teenager was still in the boat, I think. Is that right? Is that something right in there? Uh, I think they're okay. They're just shaking up really bad, but he just asked us to be praying, and, uh, and I appreciate that. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad our officials wants the church to pray. I appreciate that. So we're going to pray for them. Uh, we continue to believe God for Matt Beatty. We got a lot of great reports this week. There's there's healing progress taking place with him. So we thank God for that. Amen. And just continue to speak life. I know TC was in an accident. She's in the hospital. Her and her mother was in an accident over the weekend, and she's busted up pretty bad on the inside. And uh, we just want to pray for them real quick, and then we're going to receive an offering. Can we do that real quick? Father, we just call these people out before you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are the God that heals. And, Lord, there's nothing beyond the power of healing today. So, Father, we pray for those anglers that was in an accident early this morning. God, that you would just continue to touch their body. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that their life was spared. A very tragic situation where it could have gone really bad. But, Lord, we thank you that the hand of the Lord was upon them. God, may you have a witness in the middle of all that and bring glory to your name. Lord, we continue to thank you, Lord, for the progress and the healing that has taken place. And Matt Beatty, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon him. You're touching him. Releasing power, healing power. The bomb of Gilead is moving. It's moving. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for TC, Lord, that her and her mother, their life was spared, Lord. It was a bad accident. Lord, there a lot of healing, broken ribs, sternums chest cavities, Lord, all, all kind of messed up situations. God, I pray today, Lord, that you just bring healing. Touch the organs, touch the nerves, touch the vertebrae, touch the bones today. Lord, we just thank you for your healing power, and we give you all the praise and the glory for that. Come on, we believe he's a miracle worker. We believe he's a God that answers prayers. We thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to get ready now. You can just get your offering in your hand. You can just make everything out to New Harvest Church. Just make everything out to New Harvest Church. We'll make sure that Pastor Rick gets everything that comes in for that. As you know, they, they, they don't come here asking for anything. They actually drove from Estero this morning. They got up early this morning to be here. Drove all the way from Estero just to be here in service. And uh, they make no demands on this. And here's the thing that y'all know that we do here. We know, we know in this house that the anointing is not for sale. You can't buy the anointing. But what we get to do, we, what we get to do as the people of God, we get to invest in it. 
That's what we do. We get to invest in the anointing. And what you invest in is what you receive from. Right? So we get to invest in the anointing. There's an anointing. There's an apostolic anointing on Pastor Rick, Pastor Kathy, as they oversee over 900 churches and ministers all throughout North America, probably other parts of the world as well. We just thank God for the anointing on their life. Also, in the back, on your way out, grab his book. Just grab his book. Go back there on the table. There's a table back there. And just make sure you get a copy of this book. This is going to bless you. I read the transcripts early on a couple years ago. Pastor Rick sent it to me. And like My life was like, I looked at Job's wife in a whole different category. And Pastor Rick, I want to pick up my notes that I gave you this morning. And I want to save all of these here. <laughs> I'm just going ahead and take my notes back home with me. But come on, let's raise our offering. Come on, did you enjoy Pastor Rick this morning? Amazing, 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 absolutely amazing. So, Father, this morning, we thank you for the power and the presence. Thank you for the word of the Lord today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you used your servant to bring life, help, hope, and healing to our lives. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that as we bring back a portion, as we sow into this ministry, as we sow into the endeavors that they have going on, Lord, as they're literally touching and training and teaching and releasing the anointing over many hundreds and hundreds of pastors and leaders who in return touch thousands upon thousands of people's lives every single day. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that what we invest in, we receive from. Lord, what we sow into, we reap from. So, Father, we thank you. We bless the seed, bless the giver today, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody together said amen and amen. Pastor Kathy is right over here. If you want prayer today, I just want to encourage you to.